comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. to the fourth issue of the Action Lab Comics Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Dietz, and we have a lot to cover this time around. It's the uh, late February, early March uh, edition of the show. We're going to be covering all the stuff uh, that is on the racks right now from Action Lab. Quite a bit going on there. We have a lot going on in this month's previews catalog. We're going to be covering that. A lot of news uh, happening around Action Lab. A lot of buzz, a lot of things to talk about there. And we're going to be capping it all off with a great interview that uh, I did with uh, Mr. Brockton McKinney the mastermind behind M-Theory, Danger Zone uh, side of things. So let's get uh, on with it. We'll just uh, jump right into In the News. And in the news this week, we have a lot of things going on. First of all, we could really use your help. Uh, Comic Geek Speak is uh, pretty well known as a podcast all around. They've uh, for years now done their you know best ofs. Uh, awards and they let the uh, the fans vote finally on a bunch of nominees that they put up, and uh, two of our uh, Action Lab artists have been nominated uh, for for uh, Best of t- 2013 by Comic Geek Speak: uh, Jamal Eigel for uh, Molly Danger and Jeremy Dale for Skyward. Both were nominated for Best of uh, Best of the Year. So if you could take the time to go over to thecomicforums.com and vote for either and or both of them. Uh, or you know if um, uh, or you can get the link from our Twitter feed, which is at Action Lab or at Action Lab Danger. Uh, you can get directly linked to uh, the thread in the comic forums uh, where you could vote for Jeremy and for Jamal. And uh, congratulations, guys! We hope you win. Definitely, uh, the comics are worthy of the praise for sure. Molly Danger and Skyward are two of our breakout books for sure, and. Uh, to, two of the best books on the stands. I mean, honestly, take a look at them sometime. But uh, congratulations to those guys. And since we're uh, we're going through uh, news of awards and uh, and whatnot, uh, Princeless by Jeremy Whitley, uh, one of our again one of our, our really cool titles here at Action Lab, was mentioned and recognized by the uh, Amelia Bloomer Project. Now, the Amelia Bloomer Project is a uh, a project that looks for uh, feminist. Uh, positive, uh, empowering uh, content uh, for all ages. Princeless was singled out as one of, as uh, being recognized as one of the the best uh, providers of that kind of content, and it's so uh, so true and so deserving of the praise for sure. Princeless is a great book, and uh, Jeremy, we're very proud of your uh, your recognize being recognized by this prestigious organization uh, for for you know um, the Amelia uh, Bloomer Project. So congratulations to Jeremy. Uh, And so, so, and to round out a hat trick of uh, patting ourselves on the back this week, 
Uh, we got a nice little mention in Publishers Weekly um, just last week. Uh, you can check out the uh, the direct link to the um, the article about us from the Publishers Weekly website or from, again, our Twitter feed. We'll have the link there that you can directly click on and take you right there. It was a really cool write-up, a nice interview with Kevin, of course, and uh, uh, Kevin Freeman, and uh, really uh, kind of talking about Action Lab and kind of our philosophy and what we're you know, attempting to do. It was nice to be recognized by Publishers Weekly, of course, a very prestigious uh, publication and uh, and big web presence as well. And finally, rounding out the uh, the news segment this time out, I just wanted to remind everybody: Free Comic Book Day is not very far away. In fact, uh, the the books that are being solicited now, previews are coming out in May for um, for Free Comic Book Day. Um, it's time now if you really want to make sure your retailer has our not one but two different comics and each comic has two stories in it so you're getting a total of a sample of like four different action lab comics on the uh, on the action lab side we have uh, skyward of course uh, jeremy dale skyward uh, i don't have to tell you how great that is if you know that book and also the debut of, for action lab of uh, raymond heights midnight tiger which uh, is just an incredible uh, action book that we're going to be pu- uh, publishing going forward in 2014. And now uh, it's making its debut in our free comic book day book. On the other side, on the da- Danger Zone side of things, we have uh, Dan Mendoza's Zombie Tramp. Cult favorite, uh, we like to call her the Street Walking Dead. She's going to be shambling her way into our free comic book day book, uh, along with and sharing the spotlight with M Theory, which uh, oddly enough, I'm interviewing Brockton McKinney at the end of this episode, the creator of that very interesting book, very, very cool themes and w- weird uh, meta goings on. We talk about that in the interview. So uh, two books by Action Lab, each with two stories. Uh, make sure you, you mentioned your retailer now that you're interested in our free comic book day package. Okay, and that kind of covers the, the major news that's going on. We want to shout out to uh, Kelly and Brian, who are at Comics Pro this weekend, uh, the early, the uh, the con season's uh, precursor, I guess, for retailers. And I uh, hope, hope they have a good time out there. Uh, let's move on to what is on the racks. <music> We have uh, four different uh, offerings from Action Lab, all on the racks of your local LCS. Uh, first of all, we have Fracture Number Three. Um, Chad Ciccone and Sean Gabarin collaborating on the I like to call them the Super Frenemies. You know, um, two two sides of a uh, of a split personality coin. It's just a really cool premise, and it's a the way they execute the premise uh, in the, in their like superhero universe. It's kind of so uh, fraction number fraction number three is coming out. Uh, uh, three different covers are available, including an ugly love cover because of the February book uh, by John Williams. So hopefully you'll be able to snag one of those variants because they are pretty limited. Another book coming out with three different covers uh, this week is Brendan Burroughs' Jack Hammer uh, uh, number two. It's a this is a cool this book is a cool blend of like noir police procedural and superheroes it's it reminds it gives me uh like a, a powers vibe but with more of a 24 flair like it's it, powers was very street level uh crime this is 
This is super noir. This has a little more of an edge to it. And uh, really cool comic. Jackhammer number two is on the stands this week. Three different covers available. Again, an ugly love cover is one of the uh, the variants. Hopefully you'll be, able to, you'll be able to track one of those down. They're pretty scarce. And speaking of blending of genres, another offering we have this week is Pirate Eye. Uh, the trade paperback, which uh, if you haven't caught Pirate Eye, it's a it's a collection of one shots uh, of this the story of a uh, retired uh, pirate, forcibly retired, I guess you could say. You know, chocolate and peanut butter type mixture of uh, pirate story and, and noir, and uh, it's it's really kind of a, a really cool comic to check out. I mean, it'd be. A, it's by Josiah Gron and Carl Yonder. And uh, the volume, the first volume trade paperback is available on the stands uh, right now. If you want to get it, it's, it's all the, uh, it's a collection of all the Pirate Eye stories in one volume. I know I like to wait for, uh, trade weight for a lot of stories. These all come out as one shots, but of course they all tell one larger story. So uh, Pirate Eye is also on the stands. And finally, I just mentioned uh, Jeremy Whitley's uh, Princeless. Uh, was was uh, singled out by the Amelia Bloomer Project for for offering you know empowering uh, feminist all ages content. Well, the uh, the princess the princeless encore edition number four is on the stands this week, and it is um, again offered with two different covers, including an ugly love cover by John Williams. And uh, you know if you haven't read Princeless, uh, it's one of our best known books, and it's definitely what is the old line: kids of ages eight to eighty will enjoy it. You know, it's it's all ages, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, and uh, the encore edition is wrapping up its run with issue number four um, this week on the racks, and uh, that's what we've got going on this this time out. We have a lot of stuff going on in previews this month. The new previews that just came out for the month of March. So let's go to that right now. In this month's previews, uh, we have uh, quite a few things going on. Uh, first off, we... Uh, on the uh, Action Lab Entertainment side, we have the Skyward Trade Paperback Action Pack. Now, I know a lot of people have heard the buzz about Skyward. You've seen the pretty art. You've you've read the the listing and previews. It kind of it you know gives you just a general idea of what the story is, and you you've been interested. But you know, of course, you want to read the whole story from beginning to end. Um, again, you know, some there are you know storylines. I I wait for the trade to buy. You know just so I have the complete story in front of me rather than having to wait from month to month. If that's you, then this is for you because this is all three trades of Jeremy Dale Skyward cover issues one through nine, all three trades in one specially priced pack, uh, all three trades in one, one price. It's, it's a really great deal and, and it's a cool way to get caught up with one of the best comics out there, you know, bar none. Straight up fantasy, high, high adventure, so that's the uh, Action Lab Trade Paperback Action Pack. Next, we uh, have another Princeless offering, the Princeless Pirate Princess Issue Zero. And if you enjoy Princeless, like I said, it's just a, a great storytelling, uh, um, a, a cool reworking of of an old old fairy tale tropes and uh, 
and just really fun characters with 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 cool dialogue. Princess, it's been you know singled out by a lot of our a lot of critics for for a lot of praise, and it's rightfully so. It's a great comic, and uh, this is a one shot zero issue of Pirate Princess. Check it out, uh, Princess Pirate Princess. And on the uh, Danger Zone side, we have quite a few things going on. First of all, two different covers are available for Bo Plushy 3. Uh, I urge you, and because this is uh, an audio medium, I really can't show you, but please go to our website and check out the covers for uh, Bo Plushy uh, number 3. They're both really cool. Um, this this art by uh, Pavel Balabanov is just really off the chain, as the kids say, or used to say probably 10 years ago. It's just a, a, incredible art to, to look at. It's just not... Not what you'd expect from hearing the the title of the book and the premise of the book, but just really, you know, check out the art and check out the story on this. It's it's outrageous, out of hand, and just really well done. It, it reminds me of like early Simon Bisley in some points, and uh, just really really cool detailed look. Um, check it out. Bo Plushy number three uh, is available in this month's previews. We're also debuting a brand new title this this month in previews. Uh, it's a bi-monthly title called Dry Spell, number one, uh, by Ken Kreckler. And uh, it's an interesting uh, premise where um, he, it's about a very mundane man in a very fantastical world. And uh, I to say too much would spoil, so I really would rather not. But this is a, definitely a comic that, uh, that you might want to check out if you're into, like, Alternate takes on the superhero idea. Ken Crickler's uh, Dry Spell is available for uh, pre-order in previews this month. Then we have uh, two different trade paperbacks uh, available in previews this month on the Danger Zone side. Again, uh, as I mentioned before, Dan Mendoza's Zombie Tramp. Um, really just a fun... If you're into, like, Yon and Vasquez or um, The Murder Family or, uh, you know, Invader Zim or that kind of just over-the-top crazy humor, the, you know, very liney, uh, cartoon-inspired art, just, uh, and, you know, you're not easily offended <laughs> by humor... Um, Zombie Tramp might be something you might want to check out. It's just a really cool book. It has a, a super uh, hardcore cult following, and there, there's a good reason for that because it, it's a lot of fun if, uh, if if you're into that sort of thing. And the first trade paperback uh, for the first uh, volume of uh, Zombie Tramp here at Action Lab is available in previews this month. The other trade from uh, Action Lab Danger Zone this month is Final Plague Down. I know that a lot of people out there enjoy The Walking Dead. The people enjoy the zombie genre. And this is kind of a really cool take on that. Imagine, if you will, the, uh, the zombie apocalypse didn't happen just for people. Imagine if it also happened for animals. And if you take that concept and kind of run with it a little bit, that's what Final Plague is uh, is kind of coming from. It's, it's just a really frightening uh take a uh, spin on the uh the zombie story and it's uh it's available in trade paperback form in this month's previews uh catalog so if you, you if you're interested in like a um an original take on the zombie genre if you're a zombie fan and you think you've kind of seen it all right at all definitely check this out final plague trade paperback in this month's previews and that wraps up our listings for previews this month
Okay, and now let's uh, get to the interview with Brockton McKinney, uh, creator, mastermind behind the uh, the wild and crazy M theory from Action Lab Danger Zone. I do want to say before we get into this interview that because of the vagaries of Skype and us recording uh, him in North Carolina and myself in Pennsylvania, uh, there were a few parts of this interview I did have to uh, to cut out and uh, just for audio quality's sake. But um, hopefully, definitely. Uh, We'll have him uh, back on the show to talk again. Skype will treat us a little more kindly. Or perhaps, you know, at Heroes Con, we could uh, get together and have a chat. Because we really, uh, we talked about some uh, some cool things. And we talked about M-Theory and other projects he has going on. Um, it's a really good conversation. So here it is, my interview with Brockton McKinney, creator of M-Theory. <laughs> Hey everybody, we're back, and I'm talking to the uh, the creative mastermind behind one of our most interesting and uh, indescribable books. I would guess you'd probably use the adjective for M theory. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Brockton McKinney. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing great, Jim. How you doing? I think it's awesome that uh, I can only think of you, Brock Sampson, and Brock Peters as being Brocks. That's a hell of a bunch of company right there. I'm going to say that is good company to run with, sir, definitely, especially Brock Sampson. Um, Absolutely. That's top of the line right there. <laughs> as I said, Brock, Brockton's the, uh, the creator of M-Theory. I guess I guess you could describe it as meta. It does deal with a lot of big, weird ideas, right? Yeah, I think Sean Pryor kind of coined that for it, the the meta thing, and it really works. Um, people kind of get it, so yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not like... Um, I don't know, most most books I could give an elevator pitch for. You know, somebody said, you know, what's Princess about? You know, 20 words or less, I could probably tell them. Or, you know, what's Skyward about or whatever. But I could not do that for the life of me with M-Theory. Can you? It's rough, man. We've, we've experimented with a couple of different things. Um, Jason Strutz uh, used to live here in, in Chapel Hill and uh, where, where we're from. And so we do all the shows together and he would table with us and he actually got it down better than we did. Um, but he, he had a thing where he would, uh, and it sort of depends on like who the person is that you're telling what you stress in there. Um, but I think something around the idea that uh say, uh, you know, a young man, uh, is uh, wrongly murdered and is brought back to life by um, by St. Peter, sent on a mission. His uh, kitten is given the ability to talk, and they are attempting to find uh, the young man's biological father in a, in a series of adventures. Wow, pretty good, so, man. That's, that's just, yeah, that's like the candy coating surface, but still. I mean, pretty, right, yeah, it's a very good of it. That, and again, that's all struts, man. He he would like he would like simplify it. We would just try to get into it and be like, there's a robotic crab and a super team full of mind wolf, and they just and he was like, no, man, you got to cut the fat, get it down to the essentials for the first issue. <laughs> I was like, all right, okay, we can do that. It's like a jawbreaker. Like you go through one la one layer, and there's a whole other flavor underneath. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He would always say, "So just get him to read the first issue, man. You don't have to sell him on volume two yet." Right. <laughs> um, I've been. Uh, I know just about everybody to to a person in Action Lab has come um, to the company mainly because of their love of the medium and their belief in the medium or whatever. What's your What's your comics DNA? Where did you start reading comics and loving the medium, loving comics? Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, when I definitely I was a kid, you know, I remember the, my fifth, sixth birthday, 
was when I started having like the the superhero cakes with like Batman or Spider Man on it. And um, my uh, my mom got me a subscription to the Amazing Spider Man, and then later on got me a subscription to GI Joe when um, Larry Hamill was doing it. Nice. And I loved them all. I'd just go to the mailbox, and there they came in these brown paper sleeves back then. And, um, they weren't even sealed in plastic or anything. If it got wet, it got wet. And, uh, and so I was just, so I'd see that brown paper and be like, Oh, thank God. There's a new comic book here. So just, you know, read them my entire life. As long as I can remember, always loved them. Always been one of my favorite mediums, honestly. I I'm, I'm attracted to all the mediums they call quote unquote, like gutter or low mediums, like animation, video games, comics. Cause I always find that that's where the most exciting art is going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one thing that I, and it wasn't why I got into it, but I realized later on in life was that unlike almost any other medium, the characters remain fairly ageless. So you could always revisit, you, you know, this storyline if somebody wanted to pick it back up and tell it. And you didn't have to worry about the actors getting old or the musicians not wanting to play together anymore, or whatever it was, you know, they, they, they would just snap right back in there. You'd, you'd have them back in their adventures again, same age, ready to go. Right, right. This, this Scott McCloud talks about that in Understanding Comics, about how pliable time is in a comic. I mean, yeah. I mean, between two panels, it could be instantaneous or it could be days or months or years or whatever, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's so tricky as a writer. That's one of those things you have to get used to where you control that and you just have to figure out like how, how that's, especially in a comic book like M Theory, for me, there's a lot of jumping around in, in time. And uh, so I, it's, one of those things I struggle with plot wise. Definitely. Absolutely. What about, um, what about books without pictures? Uh, who are some of your favorite authors there? Um, I've been reading, uh, a fairly decent amount of Joe Hill recently. Nice. Uh, that stuff has been really good to me. Um, I just, Nosferatu or Nosferatu. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I, I, he had one called, um, I had, I had started with a uh, heart shaped box right. and bought it, not knowing what it was. Uh, I was on vacation with my wife and I was just looking for a book in the bookstore, had a cool cover, had like Clive Barker on the back of it saying that he uh, dug it. So I picked it up and just loved it and then tried to find other stuff and then found out that he was uh, Stephen King's son who, right. I, you know, King, obviously a big fan uh, for all my life. Uh, so I just read American uh, or 20th, 21st century ghost and uh, so uh, it was like a, a short story book that he did. And all, all of that was great. And then I just started uh, Nosferatu. I'm about halfway through it. That's cool. I, I came at him the other way. I read Lock and Key first. Oh, um, somebody yeah. uh, recommended that to me. And it, that kind of blew me away in a, you know, in a major way. And I, I was like, I got to read what else this guy's read. And, or what, everything else this guy's written. And then I found out about his, you know, his dad and everything else. But it really didn't matter. I mean, the guy's a solid writer on his own. I mean. Oh, absolutely. I picked it up just, you know, sight unseen, just thought that it sounded great by the cover blurb. And um, and then, yeah, when when I was like, well, he's doing comic books now. I was like, well, that probably might not be that great. You know, since he's such a good novelist, maybe it won't translate. But, oh, damn, it definitely translated. Lock and Key, one of my uh, one of my favorites. Uh, I just got the final book, actually. Oh, sweet. I think you'll be happy with it. I um. Lock and Key is one of those things that you can tell they they had it all plotted out and planned from the beginning to the end. I mean, there's stuff if you go back after you read the end of it, you can go back and read volume one and see, aha, there's that, there's that. You know, it's like it's kind of like yeah. Watchmen in that way, or um, 
uh, other books that, you know, where they're just really intricately plotted and, and, and thought out. I, just, I really appreciate that as a reader, you know. Oh, me too. Absolutely. You can see it as the books progress. It's just so impressive. Like that, that kind of like, um, it takes a lot of, of just holding back and being like, okay, I'm not going to put all this out there right off the bat, you know, but I'm still going to write it all, make sure I have it all. Right. Super impressive. How did you uh, hook up with Action Lab? Uh, it was, uh, I'm friends with, uh, Jeremy Whitley who writes princeless oh. and, um, he was at a show in, uh, Asheville, uh, North Carolina, uh, the, um, it's called ACE con. And he had mentioned to us, he actually, I wasn't even there. I was at a friend's wedding and he mentioned to Bo, he said, Hey, uh, they're starting up this new, uh, imprint called danger zone. That's the uh, sort of the mature readers side of Action Lab, and we we had a couple issues, a couple of black and white issues of M Theory that we were sending around and previewing for people. And he said, you know, you tell tell Brock that he should give it a shot. Uh, and see, uh, Jason Martin and Dave DeWanch are the the two guys sent it to them directly. And so that's that was the start of it. I owe Whitley for that for sure. Yeah, I got to meet Jeremy at, uh, at my first Heroes Con last year. He was super, super cool dude, real nice. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me and him try to grab dinner every few months and uh, and hang out. We we we're do one coming up for sure. So oh, so you do Heroes Con? I I did my first Heroes Con last year. I'll be doing it this year too. I had such a good time last year. Just I w I was really impressed. I mean, I've been to like New York and like some of the bigger cons and. They're more like multimedia cons, you know what I mean? They're more like pop culture cons. I mean, Heroes yeah. Con is just, it's about comics, and that's that's comics. what I really appreciated about it, you know? Absolutely. Well, man, I'll see you there this year. We'll have to raise a glass together. Sounds uh, good. Yep, just book my hotel room, so. And I got to say, one of my favorite bands is from Chapel Hill, uh, Super Chunk. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not... Uh, yeah, Mac and Mac and the gang from Super Dude, Seven. love those guys. And uh, the, yeah, this area is just a, a thriving bed for music. I mean, honestly, there's like so much stuff that comes out of here. And in the the '90s, especially, uh, Merge Records oh, yeah. was here. And so the, the, there was just it's always been an amazing music scene. Cat's Cradle is two miles up the road. I can ride my bike to it and see some insane shows. You know, No Effects will play there or something. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So tell us what's in store for. I know we've uh, we just put out the first volume of M Theory. The first trade paperback is out digitally right now. It and, is. And I know uh, you've you've tweeted because I've retweeted uh, on the Action Lab uh, account the uh, you know the the uh, the cover for the next volume of of M Theory One. What can the what can the fans expect going forward in the next uh, next mini? Uh, it's it is like some pretty wild stuff. I I think it is a little more evenly paced. Uh, I had originally conceived like the first arc is between 12 and 16 issues. So when um, I was talking to Martin and DeWanch, uh, they're saying, you know, we got to cut it down and get it to like, you know, four or five, make it, we make these uh, smaller arcs out of minis. And that's how uh, we put them out. I said, great. So I had to pull a bunch of stuff um, from the the issues and uh to crunch it all because i wanted to do four you only get one shot i wanted to make it you know tight and put all the stuff i wanted to in there and have all the so it was kind of a condensed version and then uh this coming up mini is all the other ideas there's some um 
uh, insight into like the uh, the zombie midgets that that are in the the first <laughs> volume. Those guys come around, never really get explained again. It was because I had to cut it out, had to move it. Um, there is uh, there's a new uh, villain named Mister Everything who is a a time jumping, um, uh, reality jumping uh, assassin monkey. And so he comes in, he's got a Larkin Ford, uh, you know, is the series artist and did just a tremendous design on this weird uh, assassin monkey that's that's coming through. That's and, something I want to ask you, like some of the stuff in the, in the first mini event, the M theory, I mean, how did you go to Larkin to have him, you know, to you know describe like some of the characters? I mean, I mean, some of the characters are just like. I mean, he did a great job of, of, you know, of picturing them. But I can just imagine you trying to explain these things to him and, like, trying to translate it. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, it was it was super uh, collaborative between me and him. And he would – the, the big robotic crab, um, crab borg, as we called it, in the second issue, that was originally Robertopus from the fourth issue. And uh, he was, like – Man, he was like, "Good lord, dude! There, everything is so weird. You're throwing like so much weird stuff. Do you think we should like maybe scale it down to something a little more?" And I was like, "Yeah, what are you thinking?" He was like, and he gave me like a list of animals that he wanted to draw, and a, a crab was one of them. I was like, "Yeah, what about the sort of the steampunk crab?" He was like, "Okay, that's perfect." And so he kind of got substituted out for that. And uh, with the super team, I think I had everybody. I had Mind Wolf. Um, who I just like, you know, it's a werewolf with, with telekinetic powers. I just thought that was pretty fun. And then, um, it the, sounds like a, it sounds like a sci-fi, uh, a movie. Totally. Like I sci-fi channel movie. Movies. Mind wolf. Mind wolf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All about names, like crazy names. That always makes me laugh. There's a character, the guy who's actually creating all this stuff, the Robertopus and the the crab and even the the super team um, is revealed, and they they do say his name in the first volume. Uh, it's Pecker Frank, and uh, the, even that name just kills me. I love to like have little little plays on uh, weird names and stuff in the issue that make me laugh. Mind Wolf is definitely one of them. I think that that really adds to the the, the humor of it too. I mean. If you were to just hit people over the head, or not hit people over the head, but I mean, if you if it didn't have that lightness to it, it didn't have that weird weirdness, you know, that weird flavor to it, I think it would really be missing something. So, I mean, I, I appreciate oh, that as a reader, you know. Yeah, thank you. That's it's a huge part of it. I um, I feel like that uh, probably the easiest thing for me is is the comedy side of things and the jokes and the funny names and all that. The rest of the stuff I, I work really hard on, but you know, I'm like, I need a name for a scientist. Pecker Frank, it just like clicks in my head, whatever it is, you know. Like I need a, a character, it's a cybernetic crab, it's crab board. So that that stuff uh, comes pretty easy. But I, I agree with you, it, it feels nice to have it be that kind of light element to it. I mean, there's so many stories out there. I mean, they have a lot of dense story um, composition and plot and characterization and everything that just take themselves too seriously. And it just gets to be too much after a while. You're just like, please, you know, I need to take a break and go read, you know, Milk and Cheese Gone Bad or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cleanse your palate you know, or something and like I'm that. I'm a huge Milk and Cheese fan. Yeah, yeah. huge Milk and Cheese fan. I have a Milk and Cheese shirt that I uh, have been wearing since the night. It's all torn up. But I, I, and I agree with you. Yeah, it's for me, comic books are an escape. I don't want it to be uh, so you know, intense and, and dark and, and, 
uh, convoluted that people can't enjoy it. There's there's a place for that, and and I you can absolutely write those comic books, but for me, um, I love having the giant story that we're telling, and there's like so much history behind this thing that's coming up and is going to come out in the next two volumes. But I do think it needs to be balanced with talking kittens fighting zombie midgets because you just got to have that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just gets too top-heavy otherwise, especially, like you say, you have this whole mythos and everything built up, and, you know, you're de- you're dense with backstory, you're, you know, and all this other stuff going on. I mean, it just makes more sense to have that lighter touch to it to kind of add that flavor, you know, keep, keep your reader from getting bogged down. I really appreciate that about the book. Yeah, man. Thank you, Jim. Thanks a lot. That, hey, no, no worries. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, in your mind's eye, say... Uh, some big-time Hollywood producer comes by with a million, jillion dollars and wants you to make an M-theory movie. Who's your Gabriel M? Who's your go-to? Whoa, that's... Holy crap. I've never even thought about that. That's a that's a great question. It would it need to be somebody, you know, kind of has that fairly hapless look. Um, maybe uh like somebody like elijah wood or something i know i'd have to i'd have to think about that that's a great question um yeah i really i i really find it's really a privilege for me to talk to everybody involved in action lab just because it seems like everybody is so involved with with making sure that the you know the action lab brand isn't just a brand but like almost like a stamp of quality you know what i mean because like I, i was talking to um to bill blankenship about this it's like um, the books are so diverse. I mean, there, there's there's stuff like yours and, and like Jason's Night of the 80s Undead on the Danger Zone side, then you know, your Skyward and Princeless and, and all the all-ages stuff on the other side. You know, I mean, I mean, when you buy, say, I don't know, a Marvel book, you know it's going to be superheroes punching each other, you know, or or if you get in, uh, an IDW book, it's probably going to be one of their licensed, you know, um, uh, books or, or whatever. It really, But, I mean, Action Lab really isn't in pigeonhole. It just seems like more of an imprimatur of, of, of quality. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Uh, Action Lab really – and it's one of those things that feels good to be a part of that and be able to recommend it to other people too and be like, yeah, you know, you might not like empty- – you've got kids. Like, th- this cat curses. I promise you, you can't read this book. But – check out princeless check out this you know and like be able to show them the other books and stuff um at the last nc comic con uh kevin freeman was set up right down from us and it was great to be able to take people over there and just show them the array of incredible books that action lab has out right now because he had them all set up on the table and they could just peruse and pick out the things that that sort of hit their head and you and you knew you were taking them somewhere that they were going to get a quality book yeah, I just, I, it's almost like um, when I get a book that has, you know, the image imprint on it nowadays, it seems like that's kind of a guarantee the book is going to be a certain level of quality, usually, you know. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I can't think of, you know, in the Action Lab stable, I really can't think of a clunker or a crappy book or something like, yeah, we're not very proud of that one, you know. Let's put that in the back. Yeah. You know, even even the, the, the stuff that doesn't appeal to me, like the NFL Rush Zone or, um, you know, things like that, or Vamplets. I mean, it's obviously not for me. But it's definitely you know, high quality and, and, and good stuff. And, of course, M-Theory is, is part of that as well. Right, yeah. Still just super high quality books. And I, and I think it is because uh, it's so creator-owned based. And the um, the editors and the publishers have such a hand in what they're picking and working with the creators, the writers and the artists, that it you know it's got a real family feel to it. Um, and, and they just they, they take a, a real interest and making sure they put out the best books they can. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I, I grew up in like the the um, 
the 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 80s uh, uh american wave of punk rock you know so the whole diy aesthetic from from action lab really appeals to me a lot uh, i just feel oh. like I'm, I'm putting my my you know metaphorical money where my mouth is by oh, being a part of it, you know. absolutely, man. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. That was uh, that's how I ended up in Chapel Hill playing in a punk rock band. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I got you. And that's how we did it. That's like, you know, and they had that little family and that like group of bands that you could recommend to people. And so, yeah, I can totally see that. I am. Um, so, M the like I said, M Theory, the first volume is available on Comixology right now. I think it's two ninety nine. I think it's uh, I think it's three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. I knew it had to be one or the other, and of course I would get it wrong. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, three ninety nine right now on special, uh, all four issues. And then uh, the the next arc will be starting up June, July. I know uh, it's summer well, sometime, right? Yeah, it is. I think we're looking probably closer to August right now. I was talking to uh, to Jason Martin about it. What we uh, we've got the free comic book day edition. Oh, I'm sorry, I totally forgot to mention that. That's right. We have uh, two different books coming out for free comic book day. One for the action one side, one for the danger zone side. And you're yeah, you're sharing the danger zone book with Dan Mendoza's uh, Zombie Tramp. Yeah, again, amazing company to be in. Um, so yeah, there's a ten page preview of the second volume in that book, and that hits in May, and then that'll that'll allow uh, people to pre-order the uh the august book uh if they like what they read awesome and um are, is there going to be like a previously in m3 uh <laughs> a little bumper there so people aren't totally lost or... yeah definitely i've been working on it trying to sort of chop it down it's that same thing where it's like fairly indescribable to, to pull in everything from the four there are certain parts of it that you know you have to put in there and all uh, yeah, let's see. Um, well, actually, I just found out. This is like the first time I'm talking about it. Um, I got a, um, a job on uh, the Killer Queen anthology that's uh, coming out. What's all and that? What's that about? That is, um, it's actually, they, what they asked was that we listen to the Queen, uh, the band Queen uh, music and uh, pitch stories not adaptations of the of the songs but just cool stories of things that it might make us think of and uh so i pitched uh freddie mercury agent of champion and uh he's a super spy and they picked it up uh and so uh, they're actually going to announce it in march wow that's awesome i'd love to see freddie mercury as a super spy dude <laughs> that'd be great it is so much fun i fin i just finished the script and turned it in and um, one of my uh, one of my good friends who draws the draws and writes the book, uh, Brother Nash, um, Bridget, uh, she is going to be the artist on it. She just signed the contracts for it. Uh, she sent her stuff over, and they liked it. So she's the artist on the on the Freddie Mercury story. And we've both just been laughing our ass off and talking about different things. I, I just turned in my script and got it approved by the editor. So it's a done deal. Wow, that's awesome. That sounds great. I can't wait to see that. Thanks, man. Yeah. Totally. Um, so, as I said earlier, the book is M Theory. Uh, the first volume, the first trade is available for $3.99 on Comixology. And the second arc begins in August. And also check out the free comic book day uh, double feature that um, M Theory is sharing with Zombie Tramp. And thanks for your time, sir. I really appreciate talking to you tonight. Absolutely. Thank you, Jim, man. Have a great night. You too, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks so much, uh, Brock. We really appreciate having you on. Um, 
it just amazes me. Uh, every single person we've uh, we've interviewed so far on the Action Lab podcast, and I'm sure it's not going to change. It's been just very interesting to talk to, coming from a very cool and different place. So, thanks a lot for uh, for for talking to us, Brock. We appreciate that. Uh, if you want to follow Action Lab on Twitter, we're at Action Lab. Uh, oddly enough, and at Action Lab Danger for the Action Lab Danger Zone side. You can follow both feeds, and then you get to cover uh, the coverage of both books. Also, we have a Facebook group, Action Lab Entertainment, and Action Lab Danger Zone Facebook group as well. Please follow us there. Uh, check out our digital trading cards that we're putting out. Um, so far, we've uh, been able to cover a lot of our different uh, titles and preview some art for some upcoming 2014 titles. I know last episode I went over all the uh, various books, that, new uh, IPs and new books that are coming out in 2014 from Action Lab. We're able to preview exclusive art to you from some of those in the digital trading cards that you get just by following us on Twitter or following us on the Action Lab uh, Facebook page. So if you do that, then you can check out some cool things way before everyone else and kind of... And uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Action Lab Podcast, and we will see you soon with the issue. Thank you.